Hello there, you merry pie poppers. Yes, I said pie popping, not pill popping. Well, I'm in America. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, pill popping going on, but nothing makes me happier. Nothing lifts me from the gloom than a perfect Christmas holiday pie. Turkey, stuffing, gravy, cranberry sauce, potatoes, sprouts, Brussels sprouts, not bean sprouts, never, never put bean sprout in a Christmas pie, never I tell yous. Yeah, so that's what lifts me out of any seasonal, uh, seasonal sort of depression disorder. It doesn't, doesn't really affect me though, the whole sad thing does not affect me. The seasonal um, depression is not a thing for me. Because when you come from a country where it's raining all the time, I mean, you have to make the best of it. I mean, a barber jacket and a hood makes you happy, then you're dry, it may be raining. I mean, the predominant weather forecast in the UK in December is rain and it's dark at three o'clock. So you have to have a little bit of cheer. You have to a little bit have a bit of snarky sarcasm just to get you through the day and those, those very long nights up until Christmas. Something else that uh, can get you through is a little dash of eggnog or Baileys in your coffee. Now I've become rather addicted to it. I had a wonderful little sojourn these last few days, and uh, I, I've really become attached to just a smidgen, just a, just a, you know, just a wee dram of uh, eggnog or Baileys in in the coffee in the morning. It puts a bit of a pep in the step. I mean, many people drink champagne for breakfast. The effervescence of the champagne gives you the little bubbly kick up the butt you need to start your day. I haven't tried that, not for a long time. I don't know if I want to, this is the whole thing. I mean, in America, they, they, they do the mimosas. So it's the orange juice and champagne. Why would you put orange juice and champagne? Just drink the champagne. That's what I say. So I hope you're all well. Um, we're, we're really on the heels of Christmas here. What is it, another 12, 13 days to go? So I hope you're prepared. I mean, for those of you out there who have made the gravy, the Christmas gravy already. But that's a labor of love. I made a gravy for Thanksgiving, it took me two days. But I tell you, that gravy you could drink like soup. It was so good. So take your time over the gravy. It's, it, it should be a labor of love, I think. But Christmas shopping, I mean, we've all got Amazon these days. We can probably get gifts to us quite quickly. Although there is a delay. If there's one bit of advice I give you to you today, if you're getting gifts, if you're, if you're buying gifts, not making them, I mean, everybody loves a made gift, don't they? Well, most of the time. I don't think, you know, knitted socks are always the best. I mean, a bit, I, mean I get a terribly itchy big toe. I don't know if it's a wool chafing on the hairy toe. It could be that. It could be that the problem. But I recommend you get your gifts bought. If you're buying them and if they're being shipped online, then I would get them today. Give yourselves a bit of a buffer zone. Give yourselves some time to sort of lay back and relax and, uh, and maybe have a mince pie. Because that's what I, God, I haven't even got any mince pie. I haven't even made any mince pies yet. Oh, I'm so far behind. I think I'm ahead on the gifts. I'm behind on the gravy making and very behind on the mince pies. Because normally you want to be getting that, you want to be feeding those mince pies brandy for about a month, don't you? I mean, that's why so many Brits are rosy-cheeked, you know, and, and jolly old elves, because we have a, a lot of brandy in our food. 
I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I always said, when I was at school, and I was schooling, I mean, Chappie, you went to school, did you? I can't believe you went to school. You, you seem such a, such a dullard, you know, dullard. No. So at school, um, I mean, the school meals are awful. I mean, I think I've said I've found pubic hair in school food before. You know, awful. And, and you could sort of guess. I mean, it's like, you know, guess who? Guess whose pubic hair, uh, you know, is gone into the spotted dick. I mean, that is a great game. And you just look up. Now, whose pubic hair do you think it is? Because that's what it is. You know, they're, they're, they're putting pubic hair into the school meals. Well, they can do. It does happen. Um, so that's a great, great one to play after a few jars of Christmas. I wouldn't play it with Granny. Guess whose pubic hair it is. That's probably not the best. You know, but amongst friends, unless unless you think most of the crowd are Brazilian wax, you know, some of the you know, some of the crowd, you know, downtown Manhattan, you know, or parts of London, you're probably not going to have a very fun game because there's no pubic hair to go around. There's no pubic hair in your Christmas pies, and I think that's another thing I'll say. That the Christmas pies, the the savory the savory pie puts a smile on on my face. The fruit pie, no 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 no. I think that made me depressed. Too much of the fruit pie, too much sugar. So you need some nice savory pie for Christmas. And don't let me get you on to the whole subject of runny scrambled eggs. I think living in America for so long, I, you know, I've suddenly thought it's okay to have scrambled eggs stodgy no it's not keep the runny mummy yeah i truly believe that the runny scrambled egg is the way to go forget the stodgy i think we're so used to breakfast buffets especially in america where you basically can cut your scrambled egg almost like with a knife it's like a cake and you know you stitch it up into quarters and it's basically a cake you don't want your scrambled egg like that it has to be a little bit runny there has to be some viscosity to it, doesn't it? I, I tell you, this is the whole thing. You forget these things. That, I mean, and nobody believes me that classically made scrambled egg is meant to be runny. Without a doubt. I may send a question to my good friend, Daniel Gamish, the Michelin Star chef, who will be hopefully be on this show at some point soon. I'm going to ask him, is it, is it classically... A scrambled egg, should it be runny or should it be more solid? We'll ask him the question. Maybe he could ask his friends as well. But I'm pretty sure, classically, the scrambled egg should be, you know, a little runny. I think that's, that's, that's perfection in my mind. So anyway, away for a few days. Oh, masked laden, double masked in some, in some cases here. But yes, I discovered myself just a dash just a little tot of the eggnog in the coffee in the morning does send you on your way in a in a very nice fashion but some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today on the podcast and again things that cast away they can be recycled at a later date yeah don't worry about that we never talked about pottery for pups some a sign that i saw that made me very very curious also how i'm now show noting Oh, yes. I'm up with the podcast trends. Always have show notes, people. Yes, my show notes are very, very special. They're very special. And you'll never forget them. That's why. 
I put them in the form of a mind map. We'll be talking about that possibly. My hole in my crotch. There's a hole in his crotch, Elijah, Elijah. There's a hole in his crotch, Elijah, a hole. Yes, many, many crotch holes. Also British Siri. Talk about British Siri again. My barber's still very, very upset. I don't think we ever talked about small pillows and small pillowcases or small pillows and big pillowcases. Shag shagging, shag shagging. Oh, there's so much my, oh, much my pen. I don't want to visit my shark shark. Oh, fuck my chin is shaking on a shark shark. Yes. So, okay. Bon Maman Jam. Check. The wonders of Bon Maman Jam. Why are there no tea kettles in hotels? Um, again, your, the biggest tip, the biggest hair tip you will have for Christmas. The biggest hair tip you'll have for Christmas, rather than look at your desserts carefully, but there may be pubic hair in it, and it's a pubic hair guess who game. Yes. Um, also, shower curtain without shower rings. Oh my gosh. Also, Gen Z, don't believe birds are real. Also, have you been on a mission to find the best toothpick at a restaurant? I have. I'm going to give you the news. And how baggy is too baggy when it comes to uh, when it comes to brown shorts? How baggy is too baggy? I have a new band name as well for you. Yes, a lovely little band name for you as well. A lovely little band name. Uh, also, my thoughts around Builder Bear. Yeah, again, this podcast is properly explicit. So my thoughts around Builder Bear were only for the more mature audience, I would say. Only for the more mature, more mature audience. Also. I don't mind a fake fireplace. I've got a lovely fake fire at the moment. Lovely fake fire. But I'm missing the sound ambiance. A few ideas for you. I never talked about how my collars are so stiff. How how erect are my collars? I have the stiffest collars in podcasting show business, people. Yeah, I really do. And I'll give you my secret why. And why I could never be James Bond. Yes, why your dear host, Chappie could never be Bond. James Bond. So, the lovely Richard E. Grant, one of my favourite actors, had the situation, you're stuck in a 220 pound hotel, this is a quarantine hotel, and the actor was appalled by the grim menu. A dishevelled actor appears before a camera and bemoans the misery of life. Something got to be done. We cannot go on like this. I'm a trained actor reduced to the status of a bum. Much more on this. I'm going to be applying for Meals on Wheels. Grant popped up on Twitter yesterday, or during the week, with a story that might easily have sprung from a script from the modern day with Nail and I make a remake of the 64-year-old actress stuck in a Gatwick quarantine hotel. The food is terrible. It's costing him £228 a day. That's $300 a day. Mournfully addressing his mobile phone from the government-enforced isolation, he told his followers that he'd been visiting his mother in South Africa when the Omnicom panic broke out and most of the region joined the UK's government red list. After a week of cancelled flights and rebookings, Grant flew back to Gatwick and had to have a compulsory 10-day stay in an airport hotel, and I think he was telling into Withmel. So he posted pictures of three of the dishes he'd been served, which appeared to be cucumber and fish paste sandwiches. For £228 a day, really? A tin box containing a sausage. 
of some kind of ratatouille. I wonder if it's like the sausage that they found at the bottom of the sink. It looked like it'd been not washed for like 300 days. These three meals amount to approximately 20 pounds. He said he understood the hotel bills also covers security and two COVID tests. Why does the food have to be so grim at a compulsory cost of 228 pounds a day? Feels punishing. How does the government justify this cost to a traveler for hospitality? I mean, to be honest, I, I feel the same when I've said this many times on the podcast. It's, it's the same as aeroplane food. Aeroplane food is the absolute worst. And you're paying so much for aeroplane flights, but the food is abysmal. And I always want to get food beforehand. I will not touch the food. I mean, not improved from the days of spam. I remember getting spam on a flight in the 1980s. And then don't talk to me about fish. I mean, if it smells too fishy on the flight, don't tuck in. Put it to one side. Just stick to the peanuts or the crisps. That's what I would say. If I was in the same situation as, as Richard, though, I would have demanded the cake, the finest cake that humanity can provide. That good cake would definitely get you through quarantine. Just, just go around and try to find the best chocolate cake in the world, which I've discovered and I've mentioned on this podcast, the best chocolate cake in the world. The sky bruises tomorrow was indeed another day for Richard because he's now out of quarantine and he is now elated. He is absolutely elated. And with the elation comes levitation for dear Richard. If you want to surprise and make an American gasp in awe, you need to reveal to them, and I did this the other day, my absolute darling, you need to reveal to them the supersized shredded wheat. I know we've talked about this before, but it's Ian Botham, the cricketer, could eat three of these shredded wheats. These look like hay bales. And that's exactly what I got said on Twitter the other day. It was a hay bale, basically shredded wheat. Now, these shredded wheat are 20 times the size of the mini shredded wheats you get in America. Nobody can believe it. I mean, you can't eat more than two. I, I challenge anybody, even with the milk softened, to eat more than two. And you would need so much sugar. I mean, that would be basically a snowstorm of sugar to cover one of these magnificent beasts. It really is the behemoth of shredded wheat. And you can't get them in America. It's, it's an absolute joy to eat. I mean, you can get Weetabix in America now, but you cannot get the absolute mammoth shredded wheats. I mean, people would honestly think, if you if you brought one of these out, if you carefully, like, carefully packed it into your bag and revealed one of these shredded wheats, you could be a fiber hero. I mean, this much fiber. The Americans can only dream about this much fiber. So I... I suggest anybody's coming over to America for Christmas, pack some very large shredded wheats into your bag. Make sure you wrap, you may need a bubble wrap them because those buggers break up so easily. But if you want to be this year, the fiber hero, bring over the transatlantic voyage for the huge mammoth shredded wheats. 
So I thought about the perfect gift this year for your lovely puppy, for your lovely hound. I think, and I saw it, and I'm thinking, this is a great idea. If it's what I, I mean, I never, I really wanted to go and see this. There's a signpost saying pottery for pups. Now, okay, if it's dog mugs or dog pottery or shaped like dogs or possibly dog ashtrays, I mean, have ash i don't think i've seen an ashtray in maybe 20 years but if it's that then that oh no 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 but why not get a whole herd of huskies or any sort of dog and take them to pottery molding classes when you they would love just like stepping their feet into that little clay i mean it's, it's that the given the clay must feel so good on the little pads of the pups I mean, it made me therapeutic. It could it could de-stress your pup at Christmas time if you let them like mold the clay. I mean, the only fear is of eating it, and that's the problem. I mean, what do you do? Do you keep with the normal clay and hope they don't eat it, or do you like flavour it so they can eat it? And then you basically your pottery class goes to pot because all the dogs are eating all the gingerbread tasted clay or peanut butter flavoured clay or whatever it is. But I think the therapeutic nature of the puppy, the dog, just like pressing its paws gently into the clay is, it sounds absolutely magnificent. I think you'd have a very, very relaxed dog at Christmas time. I mean, you'd have a Zen dog as he presses his, I mean, the dogs do a lot of, my dogs do a lot of walking. Maybe, maybe they that sort of give in the clay would give them the relief that they need this holiday season to relax them and allow them to meditate a little bit. To give you the essence of the UK with some of the UK foods that are very traditionally based in the UK. Getting directions to London, England. So Siri basically has press ganged me. It's almost like Monopoly. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You're sent straight back to England. Siri is enforcing the will of the people to send me back to England. So it's giving me directions on how to get get back to England. And I imagine there will be no boats available. I'll probably have the doggy pad on my way across the Atlantic. Thank you very much, Siri. But uh, as we were, we're talking about hogs pudding hogs pudding so this is a traditional type of sausage produced in parts of devon and cornwall some versions of the recipe comprise of pork meat and fat suet bread oatmeal pearl barley formed into a very large sausage and who doesn't like a large sausage this holiday season also known as groats pudding and very similar to white pudding whereas other versions of the recipe contain a high percentage of offal such as lung and liver and can more accurately be described as a sort of west country haggis it's much spicier than white pudding and contains black pepper cumin basil garlic the sausage is around two inches in diameter so that's a thick old boy oh it makes me long for hogs pudding you know we actually hang up sausages as decorations in over the years you know in medieval times instead of people tying together your bits of paper and garlands and all the rest tinsel you used to hang sausages up at christmas time i mean who would this i mean i absolutely love that you suddenly get a little bit peckish you've had too many uh, 
too many mulled wines and you decide to uh, have a bite of one of the sausages hanging down. And it'd be perfectly fine. I mean, you'd never be able to do that in, a, in polite company these days. But if you've got a hanging garland of sausages at Christmas time, if you've got a whole, whole hog load of hog's pudding hanging up from the rafters, you need to want to take a bite. You need some sustenance to get through the medieval party before the hog roast comes along and before the, uh, and and before the dancing starts with the fiddler going. I mean, it'd be, uh, it, that sort of sustenance is what's required. So anyway, I would love to know if anybody still hangs beautiful sausages off the rafters at Christmas time. I mean, who wouldn't like a, a holiday sausage? So we have some breaking news, probably originally heard on Fox News or uh, GB News or something like that. Apparently, unvaxxed sperm is trying to become the anti-vax Bitcoin. It is based on the false anti-vax belief that COVID vaccines affect fertility and that the sperm of unvaccinated people will be worth a fortune one day. Though some of these bozos are probably, um, you know, going to glory holes, putting their ding-dong through the wall and giving some unvaxxed sperm away. I mean, this is absolutely disgusting. It's disgraceful. You know, I mean, did the how, how does the whole thing happen? Do you have to, do you have to get a test that you're unvaxxed before you give your sperm deposit? I, I mean, I just don't know how it how it even happened here. But apparently, there are clinics around that are taking unvaxxed sperm because they think it'll be the gold, the frankincense, and indeed the myrrh. But these people who are going to these sperm banks, these unvaxxed sperm bank clinics are definitely not the wise men of the equation, or the wise women, let me just say that. And also, Viagra, Viagra has been linked to a lower risk of dementia. Men who take Viagra are significantly less likely to develop dementia, scientists have found, arguing that the drug could be used to prevent Alzheimer's. I mean, what happens if you forget to take the pill? If you've got Alzheimer's already and you forget to take the Viagra, it could be absolutely awful. Other researchers uh, cautioned it's still not entirely clear whether the drug itself was keeping people's brains sharp. It could be it could be everything else sharp, apparently. It could be the sort that an elderly gentleman wants to buy and keep his sex life going and hence buys Viagra. He's already less likely to be at risk of dementia. The research published in the journal Nature Aging involves an analysis of 7 million health insurance records in the U.S., in those who had been prescribed Viagra. Uh, there's a 69% reduction in the risk of developing dementia in the following six years. This held even when they corrected to the account of people's age, sex, and indeed race. Although Viagra is primarily given for ED, women can also receive it as some sort of treatment for heart problems. Uh, Fizox Chang from the Lerner Research Institute in, in Cleveland said that he believed that Viagra was able to target both the amyloid and tau, the two toxins most implicated in the development of Alzheimer's at the same time. So there we go. If you, I mean, the problem is if you obviously, as I said, forget to take the little blue pill and then you're screwed or you won't be screwed. Probably the case in that, in that sense. But also you could take turmeric. Take some turmeric. I mean, take it, you know, medicinally on a spoon. I wouldn't rub it on the old boy because nobody really wants to see a, a yellow ding-dong. No, no, it'd be awful. It'd put you off. you think you've got yellow fever or something along those lines. 
Yes, welcome along to another delightful game of rubbish poker where we look outside Chappy Towers on a Monday and we see some of the rubbish that people are throwing away. I mean, it's absolutely stacked to the rafters. You never, I mean, there's, there's trash pirates jumping in there trying to get the rubbish, you know, recycling old furniture that's been left there. We had a beautiful, like, velvet couch that looked like Austin Powers had laid on in a game of rubbish poker a few weeks ago. But this week, yes, as always, I like to peruse a trash. I don't like to get too close, but I like to get close enough to delve in, almost nose to the ground, to see what we have for our game of rubbish poker. And basically, we take one hand of poker, maybe the front hand, and then indeed maybe a backhand, and we'll see if we have some raw flush. I mean, a lot of this stuff needs to be flushed down the lavatory, that's for sure. It absolutely reeks. But anyway, this week we have on our front hand, our front hand, our first hand of poker this week, we have something that looks green and indeed gloopy. Now, my daughters would tell me that it was slime, but I hazard to disagree with them. I think it wasn't slime that was being presented outside Chappy Towers near the old skip the Monday, the Sunday Night Trash Collective. It was, I think, somebody had got rather bored of the pistachio pudding they were going to mix their fruit with and they decided to let it all scloop out. So, our front hand of poker this week is what I think. I didn't taste it. I didn't stick my little finger in. I didn't stick the pinky in and taste it. But I think it was probably slightly out of date. We're talking like 40 years too late, but nobody should be eating it anymore. Pistachio pudding. Yes, but I'm afraid to say the pistachio pudding is not the winning three-card trick this week. Well, to be honest, it's a uh, constant <laughs> one-card trick that I see all the time. So, the winning card, the Royal Flush this week on the Rubbish Poker is a discarded target trolley or cart. But there is a backstory. There's a backhand to this story. There is a lady who goes to target, pushing this cart, target cart. She goes to target with her own personal target cart that she's stolen. And then she comes back laden with groceries and she stores it outside her apartment. So ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a personalized target cart as our winner of Rubbish Poker. Hang on, It's getting to that time of year. I don't know if you're like me <clears throat> when you like to have a ghost story for Christmas. So today's ghost story is a butler fireside ghost tale. So keep warm from the chill that you're about to hear. And it's Pottsford Wood. Pottsford Wood is a creepy, eerie place, even on the brightest of summer days. Almost lost amidst its creeping carpets of nettle and bracken are the decaying remains of the Pottsford gibbet, last used on the 14th of April, 1699, when Jonas Snell was executed for murder. The secluded wood is a truly frightening place to be on a wild winter night. The skeletal trees stand gaunt, 
and shadowy, their branches reaching out to grip one another in grim embrace. Locals speak in hushed tones of a strange lights that twinkle from the depths of the wood. Strangers talk of a fearsome choking groan that sounds alongside them. Some who have paused to gaze upon the rotting remains of the old gibbet have turned to find a mysterious figure in black standing behind them and are horrified to see that beneath its dark cloak there is nothing more than a grimacing hollow-eyed skull staring at them. On a much lighter note, I do have some stocking filler ideas for you. And I mentioned this, I think, on Instagram the other, other week here. So I saw this, and I this is after that I, after I had uh, discussed this on Instagram, I saw this advertised to me. And basically it's the artificially intelligent elves running rampant trying to sell me stuff, as always. But this is perfect. So this Christmas, you can get yourself a baked bean kit. A baked beans kit. It's basically Heinz, and you can have, with the can of Heinz baked beans, you can also get yourself six baubles. Six baubles. And inside the baubles, I ask you, you're asking me the question, what's inside the baubles, Chappie? Inside the baubles are Heinz baked beans. So you basically have Heinz baked beans hanging from your Christmas tree. I mean, it's perfect. You know, after Christmas, when you have a bunch of leftovers, what's better than opening up a bauble and uh, out plops a ton of baked beans for your leftovers, basically? I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, you've heard about hanging chocolates on the tree, although I can't get chocolates hanging for the tree in the, in the US for love nor money. Uh, but this year, in your baubles, have a load of tomatoey, tangy, baked beans hanging from the tree i think it would be a stocking stuffer that everybody would appreciate our delightful friends at very british problems official on twitter and also instagram they've got some absolutely brilliant ones this week but we have very british problems defrosting the freezer number one conceding that it's finally time to defrost the freezer as you enter your third year of not being able to properly close the door number two what's this translation it could be a lamb shank, a human arm, some Christmas cake, or none of the above. Number three, wondering what to do with the 50 individually boxed bean burgers you've bought on the day you went vegan? Number four, deciding once again not to throw out that expensive joint of beef that's been in the freezer since 2002. Number five, hoping that randomly jabbing at the encrusted ice in your freezer with a large kitchen knife doesn't damage either the freezer or any of your vital organs. Number six, Falling behind schedule, as you notice, extract, cook, and eat an entire sack of hash browns. Number seven, being unsure what state of mind you're in when you decided to freeze half a scoop of mashed potato. Uh, number eight, finding out just how keen you are on freezing plastic containers full of what can only be, just be described as brown liquid. Uh, number nine, putting far too much faith in a single sheet of kitchen roll's ability to soak up what appears to be enough water to fill up a swimming ball. Number 10, discovering after six hours chiseling that the only items in your freezer are individual Yorkshire puddings and seven peas. I discovered something the other day that there is a rather unfortunate thing that uh, is running in my family at the moment. Uh, well, over the years it's been running in the family is the worn crotch. Yes, the worn crotch. 
Now, some people's elbows get worn, some people's knees get worn. Uh, I have a terrible trouble with holes appearing uh, in my trousers around the crotch area. Yes, uh, I, I mean, mainly on the left side. I haven't done too much analysis, but possibly on the right-hand side as well. But definite left side crotch wearing is occurring, and I don't know why. But apparently this happens in the family. This happens to my sister. She basically gets uh, a considerable amount of crotch wear. My dad as well. I thought it could just be a male thing. I thought it'd just be my father and myself have uh, considerable crotch wear. No, but my sister does too. She has holes around her crotch area as well. And the first hole to appear in a rather old pair of trousers is always around the crotch area. So it must be something genetic where people in my family, my family, more of a predisposition to have a holy crotch area. And I don't know what it is. I don't go around rubbing my crotch constantly in public or anything like that. I never do it that much in private, to be honest. But there's, there seems to be something that is wearing out the crotch across my whole family. So I don't know if you could say it was good genetics or indeed bad genetics. But we are a holy crotch family. Oh, hello there. Welcome to Trumpet Trombone. So a furious mum is demanding a refund from a Heritage Rails Polar Express after forking out £135 for a shoddy experience. The 35-year-old has accused Telford Steam Railways of ripping people off and making a killing on a very shoddy show after attending the Polar Express train ride. Melissa Evans said she was horrified to spot a smiling Santa who claims to look more like a homeless person than the real St. Nick. She shamed the volunteer St. Nick by sharing his photo on Facebook with scathing reviews saying he looked nothing like Santa with his trim figure and short grey beard. It was a case of Santa becoming addicted to sherry and his nose is indeed redder than that of Rudolph. There's been absolute outrage that sparked in Cornwall after an advert was put up in a Sainsbury store which showed a cream tea made the Devon way. A woman shared the picture in uh, the advert in disbelief as it showed the divisive treat with the cream on before the jam, darn you, which is strictly taboo as uh, the Cornwall Live reports. The debate around the delicacy which is usually served with a pot of tea has raged in the southwest for years as Devon folk think that the cream should go first, whereas in Cornwall they, sh they know for sure it should be the jam first. Now Sainsbury's has issued an apology and removed the advert, adding that it's the images a scone from their store in Penzance. Earlier this year, Sainsbury's came under fire for the exact same blunder in Truro. The store too put up a picture of the cream tea with the cream before the jam, causing absolute outrage amongst the locals and prompting national outcry and a humorous apology. Sainsbury's called it an imposter and admitted it was blasphemy and vowed to investigate how things had gone wrong in what the man who spotted it is now calling scone gate. Well, in this case, the cream definitely didn't rise to the top. What smuckers. And a man has shared photos of a Christ-like figure suspended from a tangerine as if he's hanging from the cross. Jesus often appeared in bread, frying pans and other household objects in the past, but hasn't popped up very much recently, perhaps a symptom of the earth's materialism and greed. But praise be, he seems to be back, this time inside a peeled orange fruit and has showed up just in time for Christmas. I mean, Jesus might ask the question, is the juice really worth the squeeze? And in Pittsburgh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Los Angeles, massive billboards recently popped up declaring 
Birds Aren't Real. On Instagram and TikTok, Birds Aren't Real accounts have racked up hundreds of thousands of followers and YouTube videos have gone indeed viral. Last month, Birds Aren't Real adherents even protested outside Twitter's headquarters in San Francisco to demand that the company change its bird logo because birds are not real. The events were all connected to by a Gen Z fuel conspiracy theory that posts that birds do not exist and are really drone replicas installed by the US government to spy on Americans. Hundreds of thousands of young people have joined the movement wearing birds aren't real t-shirts, swarming rallies and spreading the slogan. The conspiracy theory that the world is controlled by an elite cable of child traffic and demo except that the creators of birds aren't real and the movement followers are in on the joke they know that birds are in fact real and that their theory is indeed made up what birds aren't real truly is they say is a parody social movement with a purpose in post-truth world democracy dominated by online conspiracy theories young people have coalesced around the effort to thumb their noses at fight and poke fun at misinformation it's a gen z's attempt to upend the rabbit hole with absurdism it's a way to combat troubles in the world that you don't really have ways of combating my favorite way to describe the organization is fighting lunacy with indeed lunacy i'm almost wondering if i start a campaign of bacon not being real bacon not being real if we could like convince a bunch of vegans to eat bacon bacon is indeed ladies and gentlemen i reveal to you today it's not real but it's so bloody delicious so I got in a little bit of trouble during my sojourn uh, the other day. Now, you know, I'm probably one of these people who's a little bit paranoid at the moment, wearing masks constantly. Don't be, don't be like being around a bunch of people. Um, so, I mean, when it comes up, because everybody, now we're in the cell phone age, I've been in the cell phone age for many, many years. I mean, lots of people used to ask for selfies, but nobody does that now because of COVID. Nobody, nobody, nobody changes, exchanges phones, fear of getting pesky germs and diseases all over their phones. So the other day, I was, you know, I was enjoying myself, party mood, party frame of mind, and um, walking around with my darling, and this couple stopped and, and asked if they could take our picture. Now, I, I didn't really think, I mean, I'm not one for them, I mean, I could have wiped down my, uh, my cell phone with uh, with hand sanitizer or something so that wasn't really a worry my concern was that this pervy couple wanted a picture of us you know for their own enjoyment disgusting dirty little puppies you know that's what i thought i thought it was like a, a couple of pervy sorts who you know wanted to you know sort of menage a toir or something I don't want i'm not involving myself in that sort those sort of shenanigans but really, they just wanted to, you know, if you take a picture of me and us, then, you know, we'll take a picture of you guys. But, you know, my mind so is wired completely different these, these days. Firstly, I think thinking pervs. Secondly, I'm thinking possible Omicron potential on my phone case. But on further thought about this, it's the only time the actual selfie stick could come in handy. I mean, I was laughing about people with selfie sticks before COVID, but now the selfie stick is a perfect way of continuing to do selfies. And you can do selfies for other people as well, because you're not touching anything. It's absolutely social distancing perfection. So I want to give you a hair tip this Christmas. 
Yes, a hair tip for you this holiday season. And it might prevent your man from wearing one of those awful beanie hats for the entire duration of Christmas. Let's ditch the beanie this Christmas, people, and instead make your hair look fabulous. The key, the key is a little bit, a finger, a little finger of, forgive the, forgive the play on words or the pun, a finger of lube. Yeah, a little bit of lube, if you have any spare, rubbed into the roots of your hair gives the hair so much volume. It's voluminous. And it'll give you a shiny coat like Rudolph's. If you want a shiny coat this Christmas with lots of volume, lots of body to it, then get a little bit of your favorite lubricant and rub it into the roots of your hair. You will have the perfect hair for the holidays. It's been really spiffing having you here. It's been very lovely having you here for the podcast this week. We come to an end of another duo of shows. We'll have another duo and I have a dynamic duo of podcasts next week. So if you like to listen to the podcast and please like and subscribe when you can, uh, you can listen on iTunes. Uh, you can listen on Apple Music Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify. They have a uh, audio version of the podcast. Also on iHeartRadio, Pandora, also Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Slacker. It sounds like you need detention after listening on those on those uh, varieties. But you know what? As you're mixing your eggnog around into your favorite cup, if you get whip up and get it nice and foamy, use that Nespresso to get it foamy. Oh, I tell you, what a gift that is, by the way. The Nespresso foam maker, you can give lots of joy, lots of frothy joy to your uh, loved ones this year with that uh, foam maker, the Nespresso foam maker unbelievable but it as the as the foam rises to the top and gets all bubbly as it starts to pop you can hear keep calm and cauliflower cheese you can hear me absolutely everywhere and if you like music by gosh by golly you can listen to the spotify musical edition of the podcast we have some elton john this week some carly simon robbie williams katie perry coldplay we have some uh, Lady Gaga. We also have some Jamie Cullum, some Oh Holy Night. We have some Amy Stewart, some Beatles, some Kiss. Oh, what more could you ask for if you want a rock and roll soulful Christmas? Listen to the Spotify version of Keep Calm and Call Our Cheese. And to end the show, we, as always, have a little December poem for you. This is Oranges, Gary Soto. The first time I walked with a girl, I was 12, cold and weighted down with two oranges in my pocket. December frost cracking beneath my streps, my breath before me then gone. As I walked toward her house, the one whose porch light burns yellow night and day in any weather. A dog barked at me until she came out, pulling out her gloves, face bright with rouge. I smiled, touched her shoulder and led her down the street across a used car lot and a line of newly planted trees until we were breathing before a drugstore. We entered the tiny bell, bringing a sales lady down a narrow, narrow aisle of goods. I turned to the candies, teared like bleachers and asked her what she wanted. Light in her eyes, a smile starting at the corners of her mouth. I fingered a nickel in my pocket and then she lifted a chocolate that cost a dime. I didn't say anything. I took the nickel from my pocket and then an orange and set them quietly on the counter. When I looked up, the lady's eyes met mine and held them, knowing very well what it was all about. 
Outside, a few cars hissing past, fog hanging like old coats between the trees. I took my girl's hands in mine for two blocks and then released it to let her unwrap the chocolate. I peeled my orange that was so bright against the grey of December that from some distance someone might have thought I was making a fire in my hands. I hope you all have a lovely week. These weeks leading up to Christmas are a little bit stressful, but also absolutely lovely. Make sure you spend some time to have a nice cup of tea or hot chocolate and just relax and enjoy the season. I will be back next week, God willing, for two more episodes of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. But until then, cheerio for now.